they actually are aware of the damage and the traumatizations that they're doing to their individual victims. And they enjoy destroying their victims mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally. They love it. It's their food, honestly. And they get off on hurting people. That's what they want to do. Hello and welcome to Ilani Talks, a podcast that aims to have conversations that are redefining self-care and love for your mental health. I'm your host, Ilani Salcedo. Listen every other Tuesday as I share my own experiences while others feature some truly wonderful guests. In these episodes, gain new ideas for self-care, mental health awareness, and the motivation to keep aligning with your life goals. Tune into this week's episode as I chat with Joy Larkin, founder and narcissist abuse coach of Live Narc Free. As we go through our conversation, you'll hear Joy describe what narcissistic abuse is, her own personal journey, how to understand traits of a toxic relationship, and what moving forward could look like. Learn how to love yourself even when you're surrounded by the destructive behaviors of others. Hi, Joy. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Yes, definitely, Ilani. How are you today? Good, good. I'm excited for our conversation. Yes, I am too. (laughs) So let's get right into it by asking my main questions. What do you do and what do you want to be known for? Yes, so I am a narcissist abuse coach. I have been helping victims and survivors heal, move on, and recover after dealing with narcissistic abuse since 2016. And overall, I've been dealing with narcissists, unfortunately, um, since 2010. And I would like to be known for someone that was able to overcome a horrific situation and let them know that, you know, it's possible to move on and be happy again, basically. Yeah, it's so needed, isn't it? We need that reminder. And I think that's just like such a beautiful touch that you're able to do not only with what you do, but like just what you want to be known for, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So now for our main conversation, what experience led you to create Live Narc Free and center on being a narcissistic abuse coach and mentor, even though, you know, you did kind of mention it, but if there's anything else that you'd like to expand on? Yes. So basically, I was 17 at the time when I moved to uh, Los Angeles, California. During that period of time, I lived with my aunt. And unfortunately, I didn't know that she was a narcissist while living with her, but I found out after the fact. And also while living with my aunt, I did meet a, a guy you know, it was business purposes. I wasn't thinking much of it, but we did start to date. And during that period of time, which was four years, I did find out that he was a narcissist as well. And after ending those relationships, going no contact, I didn't really know where to go. I didn't know who to turn to. I definitely felt misunderstood because a lot of people that I had surrounded myself were very unfamiliar with narcissistic abuse. And even the people that I was close with, they were more so just doing their own thing, or in fact, they were close to the narcissist. So I couldn't really express myself how I liked. Prior to me even talking about narcissistic abuse, I had a YouTube channel where I had a following. um, I had businesses and stuff like that. No one knew what I was going through. And it was kind of embarrassing to kind of talk about it. I remember when I first made my video on it, 
on YouTube, but the response was actually not what I was expecting. A lot of people were happy that I spoke up and they said that it helped them to actually leave a narcissist uh, relationship. And they were happy that I was had was so courageous enough to speak up and it helped them move on and heal and all that stuff. So that's what led me to create Live Narc Free. So. And isn't it so ironic when we put ourselves out there and talk about our experiences, experiences like you said, that you might feel a bit embarrassed or you're like, you know, nervous about mentioning and didn't expect such a good response. But people really, as you know, from your own experience, and I'm sure like you've just seen it in general, people do connect to it and they don't mirror the, I guess, like the fear or that, that embarrassment that we might feel as we're doing it, you know? Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So before we get into the nitty gritty of narcissistic abuse and what that looks like, can you share the ways you personally look after your well-being and self-care? Yes, that's a great question. It's funny because I really start to indulge in my self-care, especially after dealing with those type of relationships. But one of the main things that I always say (laughs) that saved my life and even to this day has been yoga and meditation. I've literally been doing yoga since 2009. I had no clue what yoga was all about. I didn't know anything about it. And I remember when I was in college at the time, I went to Fullerton College and, you know, you have to take like the general classes and all that stuff. And then you have like those little elective classes and they had different options for you to choose, like sporting stuff. And I chose yoga because I was like, that sounds cool. I never did it. And once I had the class, I've been doing it ever since. And I wasn't expecting that, but it was, I really enjoyed it a lot. But other things though that I did to help with self-care was I did a lot of prayer. I've really, really gotten close to God over the past few years. And he's really been a great influence in my life. And I do keep him first always. Another thing that was good for my self-care was, it might be sound kind of simple, but listening to really good music, soothing music to my ears, really starting to cook for myself. I wasn't really a cooker before, but really cooking good meals that were healthy for me. And really spending time with um, family and friends that I knew were genuine because you have some friends and family that are kind of like, eh, you know, you have to kind of keep your distance. Right. <laughs> but luckily, you know, I did get a chance to experience genuine friendships. And I don't know if you've ever been to California or not. But they say that people in California are known to kind of have a different type of personality where it's like they're nice one minute and not so nice the next minute. Mm -hmm. But luckily, I was able to meet some really good friends that I was able to kind of talk to and hang out with and spend time. And they really helped me during this that moment in my life. And then a few other things was I'm getting massages Mm -hmm. were really, really good. Um, I know a lot of people are probably like, I don't want to get a massage. (laughs) (laughs) But I really, really love getting a full body massage. It's Mm -hmm. like so therapeutic. Yeah. (laughs) And the last thing is just traveling. So it's also good. All so many good things. And I love how it's like such a holistic experience, you know, like there's, yeah. <laughs> there's 
from what you've said, it works with every single part of yourself, the physical, the spiritual and the mental. I think everything you mentioned, especially as you started out with yoga meditation like that for me has been life changing and I've been doing for just as long as well. I'm like traveling. I love traveling. So I totally like I I love everything that you mentioned. (laughs) And that's that's so great because there's so many different avenues that you you could take to support your well-being and self-care. And that's what I always hope to always bring with these episodes. So I love that you've mentioned so many like different variations of it. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) And no matter what a person goes through, what do you believe is the key to moving forward? I would say just knowing that you have to accept the situation for what it is. You know, you can't be in denial about it. But know that it's going to get better as well. You have to have faith in yourself. You have to have faith in God and know that, you know, you're going to move through this. This is not the end of the world. Like if you went through a situation, you know, and then um, trusting yourself, trusting your intuition. And as I said, just putting your faith and trust in God and knowing that he has your back all the way. So that's what I would say. Yeah, that's beautiful advice. And uh, you having an Associates of Science and General Studies degree, has having this helped you understand things more or has it had benefits to the way you help others today? Yes, I would say for sure. You know, the general studies and science is actually pretty broad. So it's Mm -hmm. really almost like a second high school, (laughs) if you say. Mm -hmm. So it's like basically the English, the math, the science, the speech and the history. So just kind of a higher level of it. Mm -hmm. But I would definitely say it it did help me with communication and speaking and, you know, understanding humans, like a lot, the cycle like the way that people think Mm -hmm. and just dealing with people, the history of why people are the way they are, but just also history and different cultures and languages and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So yeah, I would definitely say it did help as for sure. Yeah, I'm always so interested about like how people's studies or like whatever it is that they've focused on has, even if it's like not completely different from what they do, but just Mm -hmm. like a branch of it, I think is just always so interesting to see how everything kind of ties in together once you look everything or put perspective to all like the parts of yourself or the things that you've been able to accomplish. Definitely. And it was the experience of, you know, me going to college and stuff. It was cool because I got to meet a lot of different people and different experiences and just learning new things just with everything, just a broad perspective. So, yeah, it was definitely it definitely has helped me. It helped me to be more open and communicating with people and just being patient and empathetic and all that stuff so yeah and that's so needed and I'm sure in like the work that you do you already naturally have that but you see how much you need you do definitely need that in order to give the services that you give exactly yeah yes now getting to the meat of this conversation what's narcissistic abuse and the traits usually associated with those who are the abuser to victims So basically, narcissistic abuse is a type of emotional abuse where the abuser only cares about themselves. They may use words and actions to manipulate their partner's behavior and emotional state. Now, some of the traits and or characteristics, some of the things that you could experience, like narcissistic abuse is, you know, the love bombing. You can experience a lot of silent treatment, a lot of stonewalling, crazy making, gaslighting, hoovering, and triangulation. So those are some of the things that 
if you are a victim of narcissistic abuse, you can actually go through a cycle like love bombing is, you know, where they're nice to you, putting you on that pedestal, treating you really well and making it seem that there's nothing you can do wrong. Then, you know, it comes a devaluation stage where, you know, you come off of that pedestal and then they're ridiculing you all the time, demeaning you, degrading you constantly and everything you do is wrong, you know, and gaslighting you. And then they have the phase where it's to discard. And so they give you the silent treatment or they ghost you. You don't hear from them for a long time. And then, you know, that cycle basically continues unless the victim or the survivor, they decide to stop it and go no contact with the narc and resist the Hoover from happening because it will happen usually. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is like the Hoover part of it? Yeah. So basically the Hoover, it came from the Hoover vacuum where it's like it <laughs> sucks you up. Like, you know, the vacuum sucks yes, up yes. the dirt. <laughs> and so it's like they're saying the narcissist tries to suck you back in by contacting you or reaching out to you and getting, you know, some sort of reaction from you or attention, anything. They just want some sort of acknowledgement, even if it's positive or negative, they want to reach out to you. And a lot of times they can hoover you. Let's say you broke up with them or they broke up with you. It could be like a month. It could be two weeks. It could be two years, five years, 20 years. You're going to get a hoover from the narcissist no matter mm-hmm. what. Even if they've moved on to another relationship, married, have kids, all that stuff, There's you're still going to get a hoover from the narcissist. So. Mm, so crazy. Yeah. And with saying that, and I guess like maybe you're aware of this, from the work that you've done or like people that you've come in contact with, do you feel that narcissistic abusers are aware of the effects they cause others? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, at first I, when I was a little bit more younger, I didn't think that they knew because I I was like, oh, well maybe they're just innocently doing this. Maybe it's because they've been heard and they're just taking their frustrations out on the next person. But no, they actually are aware of the damage and the traumatizations that they're doing to mm. their individual victims. And they enjoy destroying their victims mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally. They love it. It's their food, honestly. And they get off on hurting people. That's what they want to do. So, so crazy. Yep. And are any narcissistic abusers themselves able to kind of, aside from like obviously getting that, I guess, kind of high on hurting others, mm-hmm. are they able to take a step back and maybe realize what they're actually doing? I would say the only time that's possible is maybe if something really, really horrible happens to them. Mm you know? And so maybe, yeah, they have like Mm a a midlife crisis or they, something really, really, really bad happens to them. Then they may look back and be like, oh, that was really horrible of me to do that or of me to say that, or, you know, that person didn't deserve that. That's the only time they usually do that. But during that period of time, you know, they they may feel that or think that way, but then they'll go right back to Mm. how they usually are, you know? So it doesn't really make a difference. So. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, mm. it is. Yeah. So as a victim, how can you understand what's going on in a relationship and realize the trauma someone else is causing you? So basically what you can do is because it's difficult, especially if you grew up like in a toxic or dysfunctional um, mm-hmm. household. But if you recognize like how it's making you feel, you have to really get in tune with your emotions, your mental thoughts and 
find out and feel how this stuff is affecting you in all those ways. Like, how are your emotions when you're around this person? Do they make you feel happy? Do they make you feel sad? How do you feel about yourself? Do you feel good? Like, are they giving you support? Are they encouraging you? Are they talking down on you? Are they belittling you? Are they making you feel embarrassed and humiliated? And then how is your physical body like? Are you feeling sick all the time around them? Or you have headaches or stomach aches and stuff? Or are you feeling like you're getting better physically? Like, are they encouraging you to exercise or talking about good foods to eat or whatever? You know, like Mm -hmm. you have to that victim can recognize it just by their actual experience that they're going through or they're having with that individual person, the abuser. That's the way that they can recognize it and understand. Yeah. And I'm sure it's like sometimes so hard, especially in romantic relationships Mm -hmm. to like really notice that, I guess, like when it first happens or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever goes on mentally for those who, who are victims and, you know, within your own personal experience, can you share like how long that was for you in order for you to come out of that? Yes. Oh my God. It actually took a while Mm. for a long, long while for me really to go no contact because I was living with my aunt from 2006. I think Mm. I left 2011, but I didn't go no contact with her until 2015. So that was like a long period of time. And even with the male narc that I dealt with, uh, we met in 2010 and I didn't go no contact with them in 2014. But I did noticed that there were times, especially living with my aunt, like I would feel so bad about myself or Mm. she would always be comparing herself to me, whether it be her looks or Mm. just how I was just showing up, how I was being like, if we go out and about to a grocery store, people would like look at me or whatever. She's like, oh, they're looking at you, aren't they? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, but I I didn't pay attention to that. But it was Mm -hmm. like she was constantly in competition with me, you know? And even I remember there were a few times where she invited me to go out with her. And at the end of that little hangout that we had, I remember just feeling bad about myself, like not feeling good enough. Like I wasn't like it was something wrong with me, you know. So Mm -hmm. but the the fact was that since I had had grew up around that, that was normal. So I, I didn't think much of it to leave. You know, I didn't think like, oh, this is not healthy. Like you're not supposed to feel like this when you're around family, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it it took a while, but I think once I was just fed up, I was tired of feeling like, like she didn't want me to go out and venture out and like, you know, live life, experience it for myself. Like she had this map for me that, or this road map for the way that my life should have gone. And she wasn't even open to me making my own decisions, mm. you know? And I'm just yeah. like, no, I have my own mind. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hear what you're saying, but I have to live my life. And if right. you don't like that, I'm sorry, you know? And the other thing I will tell you is I remember our last get together that we had, she was pretending like she was going to buy me something for Christmas. I'll never forget this. And we, we were in the car and we had kind of got into it because she was asking me how my life was going and what I was doing. And then she basically told me that she didn't agree with it. She think mm-hmm. that I should do something else and that I should uh, um, move back in with her because I had my own place at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, oh, well, I don't agree with that. That doesn't make any sense. And long story short, I basically was telling her I wanted to go home. 
Mm-hmm. And I had never, ever done that before when I was with her, ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and long story short, we ended up going inside the mall because that's where we were going. And we didn't buy anything. But what she was trying to do is see if she could still have some sort of control over me by yeah. buying me something. Because that's what narcissists do. They use money as a source of control. But long story short, I ended up going back in the car and I just I just felt so bad about myself. But she did tell me the reason why she was so dominant and so forcefully trying to get me to do what she wanted me to do was she felt like she didn't live her life fully. Like she should have haven't gotten married at 22. She shouldn't mm-hmm. have had kids at, at a young age. And I was, you know, was a lot older than her during when, when she was young. And I guess she felt like I had a lot of potential. And I guess she felt intimidated by that, which is crazy because she was already settled <laughs> living right. her life, you know? Yeah. So it was just crazy. But anyway, um, we ended up driving back to um, dropping me back off where I stayed. And I just remember I felt so bad about myself. And I just, I started to, to cry a bit. And, you know, I looked over to the left of me and I just seen this look on her face. She was so satisfied. Like this smirk, a lot of narcissists do this, like this smirk that they're happy that they got you to feel upset They because mm. they like those emotions, those negative emotions. It's just like their food. They oh, like that. So crazy. You know, so that that was a couple of things that I experienced and it, it really made me feel like this is not something that I want to be around, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad you were able to come to that realization, you know? Um, yes. Yeah, because maybe we, would, we wouldn't be here having this conversation. <laughs> exactly. It shouldn't have happened, but at least you've been able to gain that awareness and like really make your life a lot more healthier uh, yes. on so many different levels, you know? Definitely. So uh, if you're not going through a relationship that's toxic in this way, but you're aware of someone who is, what's your advice to them? Just listen to the person. Try not to judge them and just be a good encouragement. Have encouragement words for them. Like help them to know that it's it's going to be okay. You know, you, you're going to be able to move on from the situation. And even offer to help them move if, you know, if you're able to do so, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's helping them look for other jobs or resources or anything like that, you know, because the person that's in it, the victim, they may not want to leave, you know, because right. I guess in a sense, maybe I, I was like that, you know, mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's all, you know, but really help them. Don't try to do the work for them, but just if they need to talk to you, just listen to them and just give those words of encouragement and empowerment to let them know it's going to be okay. You don't deserve this, but you do deserve to move away from this and be mm-hmm. happy and move on and live your life. So that's what I was saying. Really good advice. And now to your coaching and and what you offer. So how does your coaching differ for those who are either breaking free of dealing with a narcissistic abuser, trying to move past that time in their life to create a better one, or just discovering what they're actually experiencing? Yeah. So basically the coaching that I have, I work with my clients to help them overcome narcissistic abuse, turning their pain into power. So kind of a situation that I went through and how I was able to, you know, now help other people do the same. So I have like support sessions where those sessions are not necessarily, you don't have to be going through narcissistic abuse, but Mm -hmm. it's just for a listening ear if they need to talk about anything. But it it also could be for narc abuse as well. And those support sessions range from 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, but it's all about support. 
you know, I just want to let my clients know that I'm here to support them because I know exactly what they're going through. And then I also have um, video and audio courses where I teach them, educate them and empower them and elevate them to know that, you know, you can overcome this abuse, you know, but it doesn't happen overnight. It definitely it does take time. And it just takes, you know, them knowing that they're worth it, you know, and then um, I have readings, too. But the readings are not necessarily for the narc abuse, but it's also just for the uh, psychedelic aspect of it, where it just if they are curious and want any guidance or advice on what's going on in their life from a different perspective, then I actually use my intuition with that. But I also do allow the cards to kind of guide me and help them with any questions that they may ask. So that's kind of how my coaching differs. And the other thing what I do with my clients is what I like to do is hold them accountable. And I really like I want them to know that, yeah, the narcissist did abuse you. But at the same time, why did you allow yourself to stay in that situation? What can we do in the future to help you? to no longer attract narcissists. Or if you do attract a narcissist, you can recognize it right there. So that way you're not allowing yourself to be a victim again, you know? So that's, I like to dig deep to find out what was the core reasoning for why they attracted them. So. And that's so important. Like just getting to the root of things Mm -hmm. is where you kind of are able to either break free from something or make a realization to make those actions and changes that that are needed in order to like move forward or make things better yes with whatever it is that you're going through exactly and you mentioned your readings can you share a bit more of what those are and why that you felt it's important to add it on to what you're already doing yeah i would say i added it on originally so it wasn't a narc relationship but there was this other relationship that i had gone through and the person didn't leave me with any clarity there was no awareness, nothing. I, I didn't, I had no clue. And something told me to watch a reading online and I did. And um, I had always been fascinated with Zodiac signs since like 2014, but I didn't actually start doing my cards until 2019. Mm-hmm. But yeah, r- really with that, I wanted to add it in because I, I thought it would be helpful for those that like that that type of perspective. But just gaining that awareness and clarity and understanding, again, over their situations in their life. And it's also, it's a fun side to it. It can be also entertainment. So it doesn't have to be so like gloomy and, you Mm. know, (laughs) like heavy, you know. So some people actually contact me for the readings, you know, if they're not even going through anything, they just want clarity on their life. So that's another perspective that I wanted to just kind of add into my coaching. So that's the reason why I thought of adding that on. Oh, love that. So what advice do you want to leave our audience with today? Yes, I would say know that you can overcome any situation in your life. Any situation that comes, um, it may seem like it's hard. It may You may feel like you're never going to be able to get through it, but just know that you can because I've done it. And, you know, keep God first. As I mentioned before, you know, God is really in control over everything, you know, and some people may not even have a relationship with God. They may question him. But for me, I think I see in the long term, I always like to look at the bigger picture and I just feel like God just has it under control, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I always just kind of lean on God for everything. The other thing is also, you know, learning to love yourself and knowing that you deserve to be happy. And if you don't know how to love yourself, then you have to really study 
love and study what it means to love on you and practice a lot of self-care, building up your self-esteem and your self-worth and your confidence is um, really key to really anything that you want in life and also keeping God first. So. So good. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and to wrap up our uh, our main questions, is there one book that you can recommend that's taught you a lot about self-growth? Yes. Oh, my God. There's actually some new books that I'm going to be reading. But one book that I can recall reading that really did help me, I don't know if you heard of it. It's called The Four Agreements. Yes, yes. Yes, I absolutely love that book. Actually, a a couple of the agreements he talks about is um, don't take anything personal, don't make assumptions, uh, be true to your word, and always do your best. And I really, really try to live my life like that or by those rules. Mm -hmm. And it just definitely touched me in a way where I'm just like, okay, like these are, yeah, they're the four agreements. So yeah, that's a book that I can recommend. And it's by, I think it's Don Miguel Ruiz, I think. Yeah. Is, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Such a good book. And I think I, I, and I really love it. Obviously, like the message it has behind it, but it's just, it's so deep, but so simple to read it as well. Like it's not yeah. something that you have to kind of try and dissect. It's just like straight to the point. Right. And the first one that you mentioned, don't take things personally. Yes. It like really sits with me. And I really have to sometimes remind myself of that because, <laughs> you know, like we sometimes might, be reactive towards what people say people do to us or around us and what we sometimes need to realize is that everyone is going through their own thing as well so yes yeah I really love that you mentioned that first Mm -hmm. yeah that book it was actually quite easy for me to read but Mm -hmm. I just when I was reading it it was just like it flowed I wanted to finish it right away (laughs) you know I just I loved it (laughs) right so good so Joy, where can everyone who's listening find you and keep getting educated about removing obstacles from their lives? Yes, absolutely. They can reach out to me on my website. It's www.livenarkfree.com. Same thing goes for Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. It's all livenarkfree.com. Or you can send me an email at livenarkfree9 at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much for everything, for this important topic to really bring awareness to and just for coming on the podcast today, Joy. Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely a pleasure, Yilani. Thanks for tuning in this week to Yilani Talks. Refer to the show notes for details about this episode and more. To get in touch, send a DM on Instagram at Yilani Talks. And if you enjoy this podcast, Visit ilanitalks.com to sign up for the newsletter at the very bottom of the homepage. By signing up, you'll receive exclusive information that only subscribers get. Until the next one, with all my love, Ilani. Ilani Talks guest episodes are recorded through Zencaster, and all episodes are edited by Swell, the podcast audio editing service from the Wave Podcasting. The music is Back to Orbit by Noah Smith. Artwork for the Ilani Talks logo, created by Carissa Zeron. Want to learn more about her? Visit her work at kzanimation.com, where you can reach out about illustrations and animations inquiries. <laughs>